0: Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 10th of January. I'm Sam. I'm Billy. On Saturday night, 10,000 revellers flocked to Flemington Racecourse in Melbourne to attend the Hard Mission Music Festival. Hours later, nine young people were rushed to hospital, including seven placed in induced comas, because of a reaction consistent with an MDMA overdose or poison batch of the drug. Today, three of those people are still fighting for life in hospital. On today's podcast, I talk to the General Secretary of the Victoria Ambulance Union, Danny Hill, about what happened on Saturday night and what Victoria's paramedics think should be done to avoid a similar incident happening in the future. But first, Billy, what is making headlines this morning?
1: In an interview with ABC Brisbane, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has said he's considering a separate reserve force designed to respond to natural disasters to alleviate pressures on the Australian Defence Force. However, Albanese also said, quote, when you have a natural disaster, you have to be flexible enough to use whatever assets are at your disposal. It comes after a review last year into Australia's disaster responses warned of significant implications for the Defence Force if they continue to be required to respond to natural disasters.
0: Australians made a record number of complaints to the financial watchdog in 2023. The Australian Financial Complaints Authority received over 100,000 complaints last year. Nearly 9,000 of these complaints were related to scams, which is 95% higher than 2022. The CEO of the authority has said that the number of complaints is increasing at, quote, an unsustainable rate.
1: Pope Francis has called for a global ban on surrogacy, saying, quote, a child is always a gift and never the basis of a commercial contract. In a prepared statement, the leader of the Catholic Church said surrogacy was a deplorable practice and it represented a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child. It was part of a long speech made to Vatican-accredited diplomats in a speech often referred to as the Pope's State of the World Address.
0: And today's good news, an animal shelter in Poland has successfully found warm homes for about 300 dogs who are freezing outside because there wasn't enough space for them inside the shelter amid temperatures as low as minus 20 degrees Celsius. Calling it Operation Frost, the shelter said they are extremely grateful and moved by the response from the public to temporarily house the dogs. Okay, Billy, so for today's podcast, I sat down with Danny Hill. Now, he's the General Secretary for the Victoria Ambulance Union, and I wanted to talk to him about what happened at the Hard Mission Music Festival on Saturday night in Melbourne.
1: I've actually never heard of this festival. Before we get into the chat, can you give me just a bit of context about the festival?
0: It's a new one for Australia, and it describes itself as an electronic music event characterised by hardstyle, hardcore and exceptional production. So the event was attended by about 10,000 people at Melbourne's Flemington Racecourse. Now, an important note before we get into this chat, according to Victorian Major Events Minister Steve Dimopoulos, the Poison Centre are still diagnosing what caused the hospitalisation of nine people from the festival. But as I talk about with Danny, the symptoms are consistent with a negative reaction to MDMA. Here's that chat now. So Danny, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast this morning.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Can you give us a rundown on what happened at the Hard Mission Festival in Melbourne on Saturday night?
2: Sure. So I've spoken to a few of the paramedics who were there. They're obviously mostly our members, and it was busy. It was hot. I think they said around 10,000. People could have been there at one point, but they had quite a few people coming forward with, as would normally happen at a venue like that, coming forward with different issues requiring first aid, issues related to the heat. There were a number of things like that, but eight of them, eight people come forward or were brought forward or had to be attended to by the medical teams that were there with a skyrocketing heart rate, skyrocketing blood pressure, skyrocketing temperature, so temperature over 41 degrees Celsius, and some of them even going into seizure activity. And it's a fairly consistent pattern our members would see when they're dealing with rave parties and things like that and people overdosing or having reactions to MDMA-type drugs. They obviously needed uh, quite aggressive in- uh, intervention from as I understand it, there were two emergency doctors, ED doctors, who are actually on scene providing some medical support there, but even they were overwhelmed and that's where they had to call AV and MICA paramedics had to intubate quite a number of the other patients that the ED doctors couldn't get to uh, so that they could be transported to hospital.
0: And did it all happen quite quickly or was it staggered over a number of hours? I'm told it was over about four hours,
2: which may seem like a long time, but what's called an RSI, a rapid sequence intubation, It's a resource, it's the sort of thing that a full team would be dealing with at a hospital. And even amongst paramedics, it would be a full team that would be dealing with doing a a rapid sequence intubation on a patient, but to do eight of them over the space of about four hours is a lot. It uh, certainly created a big workload for the members who were there.
0: So was the sense amongst your members who were at the event that they were under-resourced or weren't given the correct briefings by the event coordinators? Like, was there any sense of catching up?
2: Yeah, look, there was a sense of that. I think that's something that the department, I'd imagine it's the Department of Health who would be investigating whether the right resources were in place. The organizer has a responsibility to make sure that you have a first aid provider, you have a level of medical support. The, the, the feedback from our members is that I was certainly overwhelmed because really it shouldn't require ambulances will always be called to transport these patients to hospital, but it shouldn't require ambulance paramedics. Certainly that amount of ambulance paramedics, about 20 at one point, being there to provide that sort of support. So it's a combination of factors. Certainly, they were obviously blindsided by the mass reaction, and that is a fairly rare number of very severely, critically unwell patients to hit all at once. So,
0: Can you remember a situation where there's as many people caught up in the same overdose at one event?
2: We've certainly had other events, other rave parties, where there's been a lot of people who have been affected by drugs and needed transport to hospital. I don't think we've had eight patients in one hit that needed to be RSI'd, sedated and intubated. So I think from that point of view, it would be one of the worst we've had in some years, if ever. It's not an uncommon thing that you have, say, one or two people that need to be intubated. You might have one or two that are critically unwell but need to go to hospital but don't need to be intubated. And you might have a number of other of patients just under a variety of effects. But eight patients that unwell, I think, is Pretty rare. And it's a sort of, uh, from a workload perspective, it's not unlike a, a mass casualty road traffic accident or a bus accident with a lot of patients in trauma. It's as far as the resources that it brings in, it's actually a similar resourcing issue. So they have to do what they would do in one of those events and they have to call in additional paramedics to fill shifts because the event happened in Flemington. They had to bring mica paramedics. So we have two main levels of paramedics in Victoria, advanced life support and then intensive care, mobile intensive care paramedics, mica. And they had to bring mica in from right across Melbourne in the West to assist with those patients. And then that leaves a gaping hole in their areas They would normally work. So they've got to call additional paramedics in for that. So it, operationally, they have to manage it like it's a, a giant road trauma.
0: And I'm sure there would have been a sense amongst your members there that H could very well have been the tip of the iceberg here. I mean, we know that MDMA is produced not in the dozens, but in the hundreds or the thousands. What is the current advice to young people across Victoria and indeed across the country at the moment on the back of the events of the weekend?
2: I mean, I'm sure people hear the say not to drug's message a lot. These particular types of drugs really are Russian roulette. And you do see paramedics are used to seeing these sorts of reactions with this style of drug. And all drugs can cause all different types of reactions, but these are really sick patients where they're they're heading towards brain damage, stroke, heart attack, as a result of their blood pressure going super high, their heart rate going super high, their temperature. So some of the patients were above 41 degrees Celsius. One of the paramedics who was trying to manage a patient's airway, the patient was seizing so much that they couldn't maintain an airway, what they call trismus, where your jaw locks up. So they're trying to manage that patient's airway and touching the patient's face was like holding a heat pack. Really, really crook. And sure, all drugs have a reaction to them, but the combination of reactions that are caused by MDMA-style drugs are just so deadly because it ups all the You have chemicals in your body that make things go faster, your heart pump harder. It puts those into overdrive, but the chemicals in your body that are there to calm things down and bring things down, they're blocked. So it's like turning up the dial on a heater, like an old boiler heater, but turning off the safety valve at the same time. And it can be catastrophic.
0: So is the message from the union, don't do drugs?
2: Yeah, that's obviously the message. If you could wave a magic wand, that would be what it would be. But I think it's much more complicated than that. And I think part of what we've got to break is I'm sure there's clearly when as a paramedic, when you work with a lot of people who sadly use drugs, There's sometimes among some people, I think, a misunderstanding that if they're taking a pill, it's clean. I would never stick a needle in my vein. I don't drink. But from time to time, I'll take a pill because that's clean. Mm -hmm. And that just, if you're a paramedic and you've seen the reactions to some of these things, some of these drugs are far more dangerous. Putting aside overdose amounts and things like that happen with other drugs, they're far more volatile and far more deadly. It can really be the nightmare scenario for the paramedics having to deal with these patients. They're some of the most dynamic patients that our paramedics see, are the ones who take drugs like MDMA.
0: Does the union think that pill testing should be an option available to those attending these kind of raves?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's not the panacea and it's not going to fix everything and some people will use it. I don't think everyone um, will use it. As you rightly said, um, these drugs are not made in batches of a dozen. They're made in batches of hundreds if not thousands. So there's many more out there today. And how do people know what they're planning to take or what they're taking is not the drug that caused the mayhem on Saturday night. There's no way of knowing that. So there's different models with pill testing. There's back-of-house pill testing where you would advertise this particular drug is a bad batch doing the rounds. And there's a little bit of that can happen. But really, I think it's about trying to intercept the use of the drug as close to the person taking the drug as you can. Sure, if people listen to this podcast or read the news, they'd hear that message. But you want to get through to people as, as close as you can and say that particular drug, they're never going to say that drug's safe but they might say, look, that particular drug is the really bad one that caused the mayhem last weekend, and if you take it, you you could be exposed to that sort of um, reaction that we saw. And some people are allergic to certain types of drugs, and they may think that the drug is not laced with anything, but some of these drugs might be laced with fentanyl, they might be laced uh, laced with um, cocaine, other sorts of drugs. So at least giving them the knowledge that a drug they may have had a bad reaction to in the past is included in that pill um, might dissuade them from taking it.
0: It's interesting you mentioned that idea of mass broadcast warnings at these kind of events when there is an issue unfolding. I was reading through some of the social media conversations that were happening around the festival. And there was this discussion being had by people attending the festival about how Victoria Police weren't really involved in the response at all. And then when you actually look at the media reporting, they couldn't really know what was going on until about lunchtime the next day. Do you think that there was a breakdown in communication at some point along the way that could have led to, I I don't want to dance in hypotheticals too much, but could have led to a mass broadcast of a message at the event saying, Ambulance Victoria have experienced a number of these incidents now. Everyone be careful.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. We broadcast, hey, this thunderstorm asthma might be coming in the next 24 hours, so have your plan in place. Why can't they say, look, we're aware that there's a bad batch of MDMA going around, it looks like this, the tablet presents in this sort of way or this colour and give people a heads up. And I think that's effectively, that's the back of house pill testing model is someone somewhere knows what's in this stuff. Let's tell people what's in it and, and let them know, look, this is a really bad variant of this drug. Don't take it.
0: But until then, did any of your members report having tried to get the support of police on the night? Look, I don't,
2: it probably wouldn't be, no, that wouldn't have been something that our members would have been tasked with. They're there purely to deal with. One thing we don't want to encourage is typically with any drug use is people being afraid to dial 000 and call for an ambulance when they need help because they're afraid of police being involved. So typically paramedics will do that if there's a safety risk, if they think there's an occupational violence risk, they'll absolutely turn out with police but it wouldn't be unless there was that safety risk that was there. Our members have got quite a bit to focus on. But you're right, proper planning, there's a lot you could look back at this and say we can do a lot better.
0: Danny, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it.
1: Pill testing is a big topic for us and it's one that we will continue to report on across the year. We would love to know your thoughts on today's episode. You can leave a comment if you're listening on Spotify or a review if you're listening on Apple. We will be back again tomorrow, but until then, have a good day.